You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Thursday, 29 February. Are we working today? Do we get paid for this extra day? I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, Robert Nkabele, he's from Perpetua Investment Managers, the Woolies Results, Food OK, Fashion Challenges. Valentin Diago from Cash Build, uh, HEPs and Dividend down, even as revenue was slightly higher. And then uh, Gary Chaplin from Cap, Tough Results, a Balance Sheet Under Pressure. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to invest to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Ash Burton commences remediation program as the FSCA slaps it with a 16 million rand fine. And Business Day Canal Plus ordered to make mandatory offer to multi-choice shareholders. This is after they announced that they had got crossed the 35% threshold. It needs to be at the highest price from the previous six months. Morning markets, U.S. was red, S&P down 0.2%, Nasdaq off half a percent. East is mostly red, Sydney's up 0.6%, Tokyo down 0.7%, Hong Kong off 0.2% and Tencent down a tenth of a percent. Commodities mixed, gold 2044, Brent 83.53, those were the green on the red is platinum at 887 Palladium 937. Rand is 19.25. Bitcoin 61,200. And top 40 opening call a green open, 180 points or a, zero, a quarter of a percent higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Training now with uh, Lenoir Nkabela. He's Perpetua Investment Managers. Lenoir, I appreciate the early morning. The Willys results. I mean, HEP's down 5.6%. Dividend off, what, 6.6%. Clothing volumes down. They blame port delays, legacy IT systems. And then food. This is what really struck me. And we've seen this with the other food retailers. Uh, Like for like was 7.2% higher, but inflation of 9.1%. Volumes are going down even in the food space. Your take on on, on the Willys results? Hi, good morning, Simon. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was a, quite a mixed um, result, at, you know, with food having performed, I think, reasonably well um, in this environment. And then I think, as you mentioned, um, fashion um, or FBH was down um, some 5% in EBIT, which all things considered, actually, I thought wasn't that, that bad. I think you've you mentioned the port issues, and that had plus minus 6% impact um, potentially on, on sales. Um, I think the good thing at the Woolies has been working on improving the gross margin. So they managed to actually um, keep that, um, notwithstanding the sales being down. Mm. Um, and hence the, the minus um, five outcome. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you on, on food in the sense that, you know, you, um, you, you, you just see volumes being, being slightly down. They say that towards the end of the quarter, um, that, that did improve. Um, and again, you know, they, they managed to, you know, to actually grow gross margins um, last year, um, you know, and in, in, in the food division. So that maybe contributed a little bit to our volumes um, were down, um, and and maybe you know probably a favorable mix effect um, for the for the gross margin also had a um, a contribution. But yeah, it's quite interesting to see food volumes being down. I guess it does speak to the consumer environment that we you know we, we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
do we see, I mean, if, if we look sort of further out, I, I don't know, let's jump into into next year. By then, uh, we'll be expecting interest rates to start coming down. Uh, consumers under less pressure. Are, are there opportunities in, in, in some of these, these, these sort of uh, consumer-facing stocks? No, I think there are. I mean, I think in, you know, specifically in Woolworths context, as an example, they mentioned how a lot of the of consumers that shop them, that don't shop them enough, and so they've got their um, loyal customers, mm. um, VIP customers, about 10% of the base, and then actually 90% kind of um, shop them habitually, and so they're trying to increase the penetration of that to see how they can grow, um, you know, that. So I, th- I do think there are, Opportunities. I mean, I, on the other hand, having said that, you know, we've kind of been just adding up the economic impact from, you know, port logistics. Mm-hmm. You look at the PGM miners, of, um, you know, and the fuel refineries, you know, have effectively closed down. Um, you know, so there's quite a very um, severe economic impact, especially kind of industrialization in, in South Africa is, is taking a, a step back. Um, so it's definitely something you know that we've got to address um, urgently, um, just to kind of improve the the direction of travel for growth. Yeah, I, I take your point on that. Absolutely, it is. It, it is. It's a step back, I suppose. That there's no other way to say. We we'll leave it there. No, Robert Macabella, Perpetua Invest Managers appreciate the early morning. Your money knows that reaching new heights means turbulence. When you invest in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund. Your money can withstand the unpredictable ups and downs caused by day-to-day market fluctuations. Because our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to a broad range of global strategies. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Fanny Yaga, CEO of Cashbuild. Results for six months ending 24 December. Revenue up 2%. HEPs down 20%. Dividend off 19% at 3 Rand 25. Fanny, I appreciate the time. A tough period. We saw that coming from the previous corresponding, but also from the trading update. Who is your typical customer? Because I look out across South Africa and, I mean, consumers are under the cosh and likely to be for a while still. Simon, yes, you're 100% right. Our typical customers are the bucket builders. They make up a good 60% of our revenue. And then the rest is really people out there in South Africa that's building their own houses, doing renovations and uh, upkeep. But you're right, we are seeing that they are under pressure. Because my thinking was, and, and in the results, I mean, you talk around the sort of decorative, which is 15%, and I would imagine that's very discretionary. Cement is your big one, 22. If we add roofing and bricks, it's 38% of revenue. But that's still discretionary to a degree. I, I don't need to build that extra room or a, a new house or something like that. Yeah, you're not, if bricks are on special and you don't need it, you're not yeah. going to buy it and put it in your yard for in case. So, But funnily <laughs> enough, the decorative part of our business is still the part that's doing well, which is indicative, although it's highly discretionary, it does indicate that people are doing smaller projects, you know, just uh, painting, gotcha. putting tiles, tiles on the floor and doing these type of things, you know, putting these decorative ceilings in. So doing some projects, but don't have the money to add a room or to build a wall or do something like that. 
I hear you. And perhaps a smaller thing and it can sort of spruce up and beautify a place. Exactly. Increase in stock holdings and in inventories. What was driving that? When you look at the inventory days, it's been very stable at 90 days. So exactly the same as the prior year end and one day more than December last year. So it is driven a bit by a higher quarter two. We saw sales grow for 5% in quarter two. You know, we've got a an algorithm that runs on that. So, so mm-hmm. yes, it is it's slightly higher. It's nothing that we're concerned about, but we always have our eye on that. It's nothing out of the ordinary. What's your internal inflation like? And are you managing to pass that on to the customers? So our inflation came out, and I must just say how we calculate inflation is obviously using our basket weights, and it's just a snapshot, so it compares December to December last mm-hmm. year, and we, we saw just over 3% in that, and uh, we did not manage to pass all of it on to customers, because you've seen our gross margin has, has come down a few basis points, the yeah. percentage. And that's an indication that we could not necessarily pass everything on to, to consumers. But, you know, that inflation is driven by cement, cement, bricks and that. And uh, actually on steel products, we actually saw some deflation. So that sort of kept it at the at the three odd percent. Okay. Uh, your P&L stores, which is, I mean, everyone understands the Cashboard brand. You've also got the mm. P&L stores, mm. which are, as I understand, the perhaps slightly, I don't want to say lower income, but maybe that is the correct space. You done an impairment there. It was $137 million. You had notified mm. the market around it. How are they operating? Is that looking in much better shape now? Uh, not yet. I mean, you know, you've seen uh, we we've this morning released the results on scene. So uh, mm. the PNL stores are still struggling. You know, we've put in a lot of effort to make um, the changes that we need. And, and it's you're 100% right. It is in a, right at the lower end of the market. And unfortunately, that's also the end where you we have the independent space, you know, where where you're fighting uh, against yeah. mom and pops and uh, I'm not necessarily on equal footing in terms of product quality. But again, you know, we need to make sure if we, if we want to play in that market, we need to offer the the correct product range and the right type of service and, and that for the customer. So we've worked on it and uh, I'm uh, confident that we'll start seeing a bit better trading coming from there. But I mean, it is that's the end of the market that's really suffering at the moment. Yeah, I take your point on that. And you, you do make the point in your sort of forward-looking statement. You say, and I quote, management expects trading conditions to remain challenging. I suspect the trading since 24 December has been tough. And really, we need, I mean, if nothing else, we need interest rates to start coming down to really get the consumer back on a good footing. Correct. And unfortunately, part of the reason why we have that sort of statement is also, um, you know, election years are normally not yeah. the greatest time heading into an election. So, so for the next few months, um, we'll need to watch that space very carefully. I take your point on that. And the last comment for me, the interim results detailed board meetings and member attendance. Usually I have to dig through annual reports to find that data. I got to say, Vanna, I really like to see that in an interim result. That was a, a highlight for me. We'll leave it there. Vanna Diaga, CEO of Cashboard. Appreciate the time. And that's our poll today, LinkedIn and Twitter. Tough results there. Vanna Diaga was saying that, you know, decorative remained resilient. I mean, it's not booming, but resilient. Have you been decorating your home? Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were hardy dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. 
Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Gary Chaplin. He's a CAP CEO. It's results six months ending December. Revenue of 2%. HEPs of 36%. Strong cash, however. Gary, appreciate the time today. Tough operating conditions. I'd look at the results. I think solid results in spite of conditions. I saw some talk saying balance sheet under pressure. Net debt is down 700 odd million. But the bigger point I suspect is that you've got a lot of capex going on. I'm thinking the PG bison plant, which is a big thing. And of course, it's expensive at this point, but no revenue. Is your balance sheet causing you some sleepless nights? Good day, Simon. Yeah, and thanks for having me on your show. Listen, we do have elevated debt levels at this stage as a result of our major projects. And just to give you some indication of the scale of that, so at the reporting dates of 31 December, the capital work in progress on those projects was about two and a half billion rand. Yeah. So that sits in debt effectively, but as you say, is not yet generating cash. So that has put some pressure on our balance sheet and earnings in terms of accumulating interest. However, I feel that we've managed it well. It has been forecast quite meticulously to this point and going forward. And we don't see any risk around distressed debt. We've remained well within our covenants. And in fact, we've raised a 3 billion rand revolving credit facility in order to finance future maturities. And in terms of that, we've also negotiated more favorable interest rates and a more favorable Mm, interest cover covenant. So overall... I think our balance sheet management has been good, and I think the forward-looking picture of balance sheet is also good. I take your point on that, and particularly in the PG Bison, we've been chatting over the years, that plant is the new plant due mid-yearish, and PG Bison had a good period in operating profit up 18%. Yes, PG performed very well for the half, and their forward-looking forecast for the rest of the year is also relatively strong. Local market, not as strong as we would like, but Mm -hmm. what was very pleasing for me was the increase in exports, so up from 11% to 20%, which really speaks to the the quality of the product, the competitiveness of the plant, our ability to export that product globally, all very positive, bearing in mind the additional new capacity coming online. Your really tough area was the polymers sector, Safripol. Profits there down 67%. This has been a tough global commodity space for a couple of periods now, if memory serves. Yes, Simon. Listen, we're in a cyclical low, which is quite an extended cycle. And post-COVID, we had a bit of an anomaly in that margins really spiked to unsustainable levels. Yeah. And then they've corrected back to a cyclical low. So a little bit more volatile than we would like. But yeah, it's in a cyclical low. It's a global factor. And we're trading through that cycle. Yeah, we're seeing cyclical lows all over the place with different stocks. Your Unitrans, and we'll kick off by saying there was some media speculation you did in the announcement say, look, you don't normally comment, but yes, there was an interest. Yes, you will look at it. Yes, if it's good, you will do the deal. That's, I imagine, sort of 101 business. But logistics is, is having a tough time. You did say there was a currency devaluation in one of the African territories. And I probably don't understand Unitrans well enough. I mean, I look at all of the problems in Transnet and think, that this should play into Unitrans. I suspect, you know, you don't have moving coal to Richard Bay as an example. 
Correct. So generally, we've remained in a fairly specialized space. Although we are exposed to mining, it's generally on a mine site and it's materials mm. handling on a mine yeah. site. So no road transport related to mining. Logistics is a tough space, but to be fair, I think we've not performed as well as we should have, partly through market factors, partly through our own internal discipline. And as a result, we are doing a deep restructure of that business. And we've appointed a new CEO to lead that process. And I'm actually excited about the outcome. So a really positive science coming out and a much better forecast for that business into F25. If I look broadly at the group, I mean, your Foltex, which is automotive component, that had a really good year. Restonic, which had been which had been maybe a bit of a trouble, seems to have really have turned the corner. My sense is that you've been, okay, we'll park the polymers aside and we can also maybe the, the Unitrans, but the core of the business, particularly PG Bison, you're getting some price increases and perhaps even some market share coming through in what are very tough trading conditions. Correct, correct. So we actually feel that operationally we did a lot right in the period. Also, some of our divisions perform very well Unitrans, we've made good progress with the restructure and see the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's been overshadowed by a polymer cycle, which is just significant, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, I'm going to throw you in there. I, you're not Sassel, but I mean, we see we see it in others in that cyclical nature. And the talk is that this has been one of the worst down cycles we've seen. We'll leave it there. Let's go, Chaplin. He's uh, CEO talking results to six months ending December. MoneyWeb at Midday is South Africa's fastest-paced audio news and current affairs show. Give me 30 minutes and I'll give you the country and the world. This is what you missed. We must always remember that the debt was entered into between Sanral and the Department of Transport, who are, by the way, very silent on this because everyone is doing the talking when it's actual debt that Sanral entered into when they built these roads and decided uh, through the Sanral Act to introduce tolling on Gauteng's roads. These are their roads. And we've also said, why is Gauteng paying for and agreeing to maintain Sanral's roads? They're not on Gauteng's assets register. Live at noon weekdays and then up as a podcast on moneyweb.co.za. Moneyweb at Midday with me, Jeremy Max. When you need relevant news quickly in your own time. That's it for today. We were chatting with Daniel King yesterday. Um, he's from Merchant West Investments, looking at REITs. And you know, the story is that nice discount to yield to to, to nav and uh, nice yields. He had a couple of but hold ons, and one of them being, well, I mean, how how reliable are those navs? I mean, are they perhaps a little too high? And of course, if they are, that impacts not just your discount to nav, it also impacts your loan to value. We asked you if you were seeing value in the sector. Over half said no, yield's not enough, uh, and you, you can get better in government bonds. A third said in places yes. The rest were saying yep, like it, lots of value. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us a positive rating in your podcatcher of choice. And we'll chat again tomorrow, Copper 360. <laughs>
You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.